Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hi everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm in beautiful Loudoun County visiting Ocelot Brewing Company, and we have our awesome guest Adrian Widman joining us. Thank you for uh, coming on again, Adrian. Always my pleasure, buddy. It Always have been, a good time hanging out with you. It's been forever since mm-hmm. uh, I interviewed you, although it hasn't been so, that long since I last saw you at Kushwa's awesome uh, birthday party. The, the frozen yeah. party. <laughs> a little bit little bit different than to, to the beautiful weather of yeah, today. It was fun, though. Then I think, what, like this weekend's supposed to push like 80 degrees, and then it'll probably be back down to oh, yeah. freezing again next week so we can all get sick. It's the up and down season. So... Let's just, uh, as I was telling you before we started, it's been long enough. I think we should just tell at least most of your story, and then we can get into current events yeah, and sure. how no things are going now. Um, when did Ocelot open? We opened April of 2015. So you're uh, you're old. We're coming up on seven years. Yeah. Hey, you're one. You're like the uh, elder statesman in the brewing world. <laughs> um. So what what were you doing before Ocelot became a dream? Uh, I was in the IT field, so I I was doing a network engineering, um, computer ad administration stuff like that. That's the the other part of my job, the part I don't like. This is, <laughs> this this part is much better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what um, what took you from that to wanting to open a brewery? Uh, I think it was multifaceted. I was loved craft beer, um, eventually started brewing my own beer and getting down to the science of making it and the procedures and basically engineering the beers um, and came to the realization that we didn't have anything in this area at the time that fit what I wanted out of a local brewery. So uh, put together a plan and here we are kind of, I mean, that's the, the short of it. Yeah, because really, like, the vast majority of other breweries in this area, especially ones that are more cut from the same mold that Ocelot is, mm-hmm. are really in the four to five year old range. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the Virginia licensing to allow pints for sale here made a big difference in the state. So, prior to that, we only had breweries that. Um, you could get a tour and a sample, uh, but they were either brew pubs, restaurant licenses, but it wasn't tap room. You couldn't, you couldn't make a business out of a tap room, basically. So when that all changed, you saw all the breweries starting to open up because then you can make a viable business with smaller amounts of liquid. Which is a lot of the same problem that Maryland had. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the good end of Virginia, at least, I don't know if they still do. But as of what, like three years ago, Virginia was actually making a huge push and trying to make the state a destination Absolutely. for breweries and yeah. being very friendly to Absolutely. breweries opening. Yeah, Loudoun County has been wonderful. They've, they've supported it since day one. Yeah, because like, well, I mean, Loudoun County has definitely built itself into a beer destination. Mm-hmm. Then you have Richmond. Like, mm-hmm. there's plenty of really good beer in virginia this is true 
but not when you opened. No. So, no. Not so when you I were opened. a pioneer in the Virginia. Uh, I hate to say it like that. <laughs> like it's just the the years that have gone by make it kind of sound like I was there. But there was there was there was a, a good handful of them around. Um. Just not anything close, really, or what that that I wanted. I wanted a, a rotating tap list and a. You know, a lot of very IPA focused and, and yeah, because really and and it anything else here. that would have been around like Lost Rhino, mm-hmm. it's more of a distribution driven exactly. core yeah. brands right. and maybe every once in a while a specialty beer, but mainly right. just yeah. focus on mass distribution. Yep, which was the only way to operate it, at that it was. time. Either that or a brew pub, and I didn't want to get into the restaurant stuff. That's that's a lot. It seems like a whole another headache. It's a it's a different business altogether, especially over the last two years. Yeah. If that was something that's hard. your business was relying on, at least with uh, just brewery focused, it, people yeah. wanted to drink a lot over the last two years. Oh yeah. So you, if I remember correctly, you were pretty big into home brewing. Yes. Before you decided to open Ocelot. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. And if I can't remember though, did. Did you claim that your first homebrew was good or no, it was it terrible? Tro- That's right. Yeah. Yours was Disgusting. amazingly horrible. That's right. <laughs> but you still decided. But you still decided at that point you were going to make a living off of no, it. No, not yet. Oh, not, okay. not at that point. I just got frustrated at why it was bad. Okay. So then, like, if it came out good, I probably wouldn't be here because it didn't challenge me at all. But so it came out bad, and I was like, well, why is it bad? So I, I just dove deep into figuring Gotta out Gotta fix this. Why. Yep. Um, well, I think we're all thankful that your first batch Thanks. was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where did the name Ocelot come from? So we're actually named after a fish song. Um, it was, the, the idea was always, the theme was always here to be music. Um, themed and everything's going to be you know song lyrics and obviously you look around the place you see just music everywhere so um i had some other names in mind to some other bands that i love um songs or whatnot but for one reason or another the legally not available to use (laughs) um and then you know ocelot was like my fourth i think pick or something and it was literally in kind of the middle of the night with my friends and i emailed the lawyer and after he denied the first three over the course of a couple of weeks and two in the morning drinking with my friends and I emailed him, I'm like, what about Ocelot? And the next day I woke up and he's like, done. And I was like, oh, well, there we go. I guess that's <laughs> our name. Um, but no, I'm a big fish fan and so I'm glad it worked out. Are you familiar with firm brewing? Absolutely, in, yeah. Okay. There was, um, at least once a year, I post in mm-hmm. beer drinking groups asking for uh, suggestions yeah. on uh, who I should have on as guests. Sure. And in my recent request for that, there was a string of people asking me to try to get you and Firm hooked up because there needs to be a collaboration beer between the two of you. Because pretty much when I interviewed them, Mm -hmm. almost every story began with him meeting the person Mm -hmm. in the parking lot at a fish show. (laughs) So I actually virtually met Billy um, online on on one of the uh, fish Facebook uh, groups. And I saw he was just opening, and I was like, why the hell haven't we done something together already? I think I wrote, and I never write on social media yeah. anything, and, I, and then we started messaging back and forth. So, oh yeah, hopefully we'll do something soon with those guys. 
I mean, it feels like you almost have to. Oh, of course. There's, there's, I, I think so. If there's any, yeah. if there are two breweries that need to work together, yeah. it's the, the two of you. I think we should do it. I think their fish is coming to Merriweather in July. I think they are. And I know they're coming to Merriweather in July. End of July. Maybe I'll reach out and see if he wants to do something. I mean, release time of that area. Yeah, there's definitely a hundred percent chance that Billy will be at the show. <laughs> oh, I know, there's a hundred percent chance I'll be at the show too. <laughs> there's a. I'm not a huge fish fan, but uh, my wife and I's first dance was to waste. There you go. So, at least that much of a fan. Love that song. <laughs> um, our, if not all, the vast majority of your beers are named after songs or song lyrics, right? They, they all are, unless it's a collaboration. Okay. And then I give the other brewery a, a chance to say, they don't. we don't have to do anything yeah. song related. Most of the time it is, but sometimes it's just fun. You know, like with the answer, we did fuck it, because Brandon at the time that was brewing, he's he's so laid back, and I kept bothering him. I'm like, dude, we need a name, we need a name. He's like, oh, fuck it, man. And I was like, perfect. All right, I'll try. <laughs> so we spelled it different, and it got approved. <laughs> <laughs> so there it was. Um, How did you spell it? I think um, I vaguely oh, remember dude, seeing that beer, but it was. I can't even remember. It was like with a Q E Q U E T T E or something like that. <laughs> I forget. Just enough to yeah. not confuse the person right. that had to approve it. Yeah. What kind of beer was that? That was a double IPA, if I remember correctly. The um, the pair of collabs that you did with Kushwa were absolutely phenomenal. Oh, that was so much fun. That I love both of those beers. Yeah. It was, um, I usually have them on mm-hmm. at least once a year. Yeah. And often on their anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I always ask Garrett who, what's the one brewery that you want to be, yeah. that you want to do a collab with that you haven't talked to yet? And for two years straight, Ocelot was the answer. <laughs> well, the feeling was mutual. So the, when we got together, that was so much fun. We had a great time here. Um, yeah, and it was a little tricky because we did, you know, the lager we did two weeks prior. And then uh, then we did the, the ale. So it just takes more time. I don't even know. Like, they were both so good. I don't even think I could pick one. That it was, was, it was a 50-50 toss-up, everybody that came in. You know, one would say this, one would say the other. The law, lo- I um, I had one of the loggers sitting around mm-hmm. way too long um, before I cracked it open, and it still tasted amazing. Oh, so good. it held up really, really well, nice. even for a hoppy lager. I'm glad. So, when um, when you first open, was it the exact same business model? Were you able yes. to operate the same way at that time? That's correct. Yeah. Well, okay. we didn't have packaging when we first opened. Okay. Um, and everything was done at half capacity, basically, because we were just getting our name out there, and so we didn't have the traffic. But um, that grew quickly. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty much the same. We just added packaging to it. And, uh, how many years in did it take for you to start packaging? Let's see, 2017, I think, Talking Backwards was our first bottle. Um, uh, maybe, yeah. I, Somewhere around there. I okay. Think. Yeah, we did we did bigger stouts too, but basically that's when we got our bottling machine, and then now we switched to all cans because we have the mobile canner that rents space from us. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Do you still use <coughs> them, or do you have yep. your own? No, I mean it almost like it makes be, sense. Yeah, yeah it almost be silly for you. <laughs> like, right. You're, I think you're the probably the one brewery where it makes sense to stay yep. with a mobile yep. canner because yep. of the unique situation. Absolutely. You have. Uh, we we got it. I mean. 
I need to pinch myself sometimes. We got Jasper yeast right next door. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention there's that. There's a door that, that's right <laughs> in the wall, so we walk between each other's place all the time. And then we got the mobile canner right here. It's like, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you could just like get a hop contract company or something <laughs> to move into the building too, you really wouldn't need. Uh, Tell Dylan to move down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention it to him. You never know with that guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Might be his his next expansion. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's take um, a real quick sponsor break. And sure. when we get back, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about the story of Ocelot. Absolutely. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, on spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. So you've um you've operated off of the same brew house, yes. From when you opened, right? Correct. What um what size do you have? So fifteen barrel. So yeah. you all you've had decent uh, mm-hmm. capacity from when you opened. It, I assume you probably had to add some I, tanks. Over I the added years. Uh, one thirty barrel tank, so now we have seven thirty barrel tanks, and I added one twenty barrel uh, bright tank. Uh, we have two 30-barrel bright tanks, but I added the 120 because when we do barrel projects or something that's – or half batches of something like that, we can have the space for it. Okay. Um, are, in your uh, – you've started to move a little bit more into distribution, correct? Correct. Because yep. I, I know um, you're, you're available occasionally in, in Frederick yes. at this point. Yeah. So do you just do – occasional drops into maryland or how how do you plan Um, that out so it started during covid times because we needed to figure out where the liquid was going to go and you know package was king so um i actually worked really closely with arash up at uh downtown crowd he was the guy that helped me get into maryland with all the paperwork and it's all okay. the crap you can say harassed you into doing he, it. he didn't harass he was actually <laughs> super nice about it and very helpful well, i guess in a, in a nice way because if i remember correctly yeah. he uh really wanted yeah. to have your product because well, well, sure. i think if i i think the first time i interviewed you yeah. he was down here yeah, helping probably. you to make sure yeah. that you you had filled everything out correctly <laughs> right, and you were right. going to be able to distribute into maryland yeah. so we finally got that going um god not even that long ago i guess but uh 
No, he's been awesome. So him, him and his brother, Afshin at yeah. um, Dominion, those guys. Have they're they're really, a great really asset to Huge. Maryland and, I mean, obviously yeah. to Virginia too, but right. I'm, I'm much closer to um, yeah. downtown Crown than I am to Dominion. Yeah. So he's signed on with the Craft Coalition, and then um, those guys have been great. So they come by. Uh, actually, Dave tried to come by yesterday, but I wasn't in, so he didn't get to pick up anything. But he's coming back next week, and so hopefully maybe every other week we'll do – you know, a pallet of cans and a few kegs or something like that. Yeah, um, District East in Frederick mm. always has nice. uh, your products that's whenever awesome. they're whenever it's sent up into Maryland, and that's like they're kind of like the I would say the the Frederick version of Downtown Crown, where it's a very craft focused. Uh, they have taps where you can get crowlers of okay. stuff filled and um they also sponsor uncapped so cool. i love them all right <laughs> and they always have like any of the the hot stuff yeah that makes it in frederick that's that awesome it's almost guaranteed that they're gonna have it so is that um now that tap rooms are open is is loudon county doesn't have any restrictions at this point do they or no is, not that i'm aware of so it, is that going to cause you to have to pull back. back some from distribution or were you able to build I, up capacity during that time to fulfill both streams? That's a good question. I, I think, I mean, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to even predict what's happening nowadays. So every time I tried, yeah. it fails. What's helping, I think, with the amount of cans that we're doing, as long as we keep doing the same amount of cans, we'll have stuff to go out to these places. Um, because what's been down has been the bars. So they used okay. to take the kegs. That was our percentage of distro, and that would be in, in keg format. But that's been down a lot. Um, so therefore, that, that liquid goes into the packaging, and then that'll go out. So it's, it's hard to say if, if the bars keep, you know, if the bars open back up to their potential which I don't see happening for a little bit longer at least. It might pull back some of the packaging, but not all of it. I mean, that's just, that just might be less. That makes sense. I'd, I'd never thought of it from that standpoint because, I mean, it, it, having extra beer mm-hmm. and packaging doesn't really hurt right. me that much because, like, absolute worst-case scenario, if you run out of it in kegs, you can serve it from a can. You got it not quite as profitable as if you right. never would have canned it but still correct n- not the worst thing in the world to happen right um but on the other side having too much stuff in kegs is detrimental absolutely and you'd have to dump it or we dump it you know if it's if it gets past a yeah. certain point has um has tap the tap room attendance come back to anywhere near pre-pandemic or is oh, there still over the last month yes okay um prior to that no uh over, i don't know what the hell happened over the last month but and i'm everybody i talk to in the, in the industry is saying the same thing so it's not just us it's, yeah everything's been super slammed for for the last month which is nice i think and i, I have no basis or uh, expertise in anything mm-hmm. but it feels like it it's probably the the relaxing of any 
restrictions makes people feel more comfortable. comfortable. Plus, like, the numbers have just dive-bombed. Yeah. Like, so we went from this huge, scary spike where it was like, oh, no, everyone's going to get sick and die. Yeah. When Omicron hit, then it was like, all right, everyone's going to get sick, but not quite as bad. Right. And then, like, as quickly as that ramped up, the yep. numbers plummeted. And it's like, I think that's... It definitely probably has something to do with it. And then January is always slow because everyone's on New Year's resolutions, yeah. and that stupid dry January thing <laughs> just kills all the small businesses. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to say. I I was listening to. Uh, um, are you a fan of Burt Kreischer at all? Oh yeah, I think he's one of the funniest yeah. men alive. I'm gonna I get to see him in April. My nice. wife got us uh, tickets for my birthday. Awesome, and. On his podcast, he was he was saying that he did Vino November this year, where he drank a bottle of wine a day, and Tom Segura was like, "I don't I don't think that's a thing." He's <laughs> like, "I'm making it a thing." Yeah. So instead of dry January, he did uh, Vino November. That's awesome. Uh, I I don't I, with my job. I don't think there's any way I could do that. But right. I've also never had any desire to do dry January. Yeah. <laughs> want to I want to be supportive. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Does so are are there really enough people that participate in that that you see a big drop every January? Honestly, I don't know. Okay. Um, I mean, because it's it's a weird January's time. January's always slow, anyway. Yeah, there there are yeah. so many factors there that is. play into There's it. Everyone, it, almost everyone, ends up spending way more than they want to it. during the holidays. Yeah. They just stay in. It's crappy weather. Crappy weather. You're hungover right. from food and yep. drinking from the holidays. Yep. Then then you add in yep. new year's resolutions like who knows what the actual driving factor for right. it is yeah there's probably like 18 different things that are making yeah. it they just a shitty month. confluent right. at all in uh aggregate it just yep. makes january suck yep <laughs> so is that like a slow return through february or is february just like does it bounce no, back it was like the, the couple days before jan before february started um I forget exactly what day, but no, people it get just their went, second just, just paychecks went, of the bam, year and like have given up on their <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, fuck this shit. I already yeah. went twenty eight days. Okay. No, I, I feel accomplished enough. But it wasn't slow. It was just like from one day to the next. It was like, what the hell just happened? That's weird. It's it's so weird trying to figure out like what I can uh, never figure the masses out. are going to do. <laughs> I used to think, well, if it's raining. People are going to come here. They're going to go inside instead of going to like these outdoor breweries or whatever it is. No, nah, that doesn't work. But sometimes <laughs> it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Oh, it's nice out. They're not going to come here. No, they do come here. It's crappy out. They're going to come. No, it's like I, I can't put a finger on it. I have no idea what brings people here and, and what doesn't or if the weather has anything to do with it. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. I do. I, I don't. I mean, unless it's like a purely outdoor thing, I don't think the weather really. I mean, maybe a blizzard. That's obviously going to yeah. dictate whether I do something or not. Um, when uh, you've never really operated off of like the release line life right. type of thing, right? You're more just the 
people come and buy your stuff yes. like a normal <laughs> commerce I, I, situation yeah i've never liked the whole line waiting thing i mean i understand it and i have a lot of friends in the industry that do very well doing so yeah. and you know mad respect to all those guys but that seems to add in though like a whole unless you're a brewery that has yeah. like that entire culture built around it mm-hmm. there are a lot of breweries that are kind of like on the edge of it where they'll have one release where it's like that yeah. and then like a few months later they'll do something that yeah. has all the same right type of makeup of it and then nothing no one cares yep. so it's the same type of thing like yeah. how there's no way to predict what people are going to care about no it's a, that some of it's the, the the hype behind the either the brand or the or the i mean even particular beer you know we do a couple beers a year that uh that kind of get that kind of attention a little bit that's right what is um what's your you have one really big one what uh, well we just released the talking backwards that's the triple ipa um that's got a little traction to it and then uh the one we do at the veil every year is the the big cat we that's the one i'm thinking yes that That one one always gets people um but i've just always believed like you know beer shouldn't be special like sorry it just it's just beer i mean that's my motto so um yeah because the big cat like last year you did a bunch of really cool merch around i I think you do every year but it was all sold out before i could come down here too far away (laughs) (laughs) it's not even that far it just for some reason crossing that bridge yeah it seems like forever yeah like going across that bridge makes it feel like northern (laughs) virginia is so far away but then i'll drive to baltimore right it's it's like almost the exact same difference All right, let's take um, one more real quick sponsor break, and then uh, we can uh, we'll find something to talk yeah, about. Yeah, definitely. I buy my beer at District East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks, they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity, and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry, ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery, or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. Email sales at brandmybeverage.com or visit brandmybeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. So am am I right in saying that Ocelot's specialty is IPAs and lagers? Like that's mainly what you focus on? Uh... Probably, yeah. I mean, we like to do everything. Um, the only thing we won't do is a pumpkin beer. 
<laughs> that's um, just that's where you draw the line. Yeah, I draw the line. I I mean I'm fully on board with that. Yeah. I absolutely hate yeah. pumpkin everything. Yeah. Well, pumpkin itself doesn't bother me. I just right. can't stand the spices. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think it narrowed it down that it's the clove is what I hate the most. Okay. Yeah, we just won't do one, so. Well, I I applaud that decision. <laughs> Um, but one of the thing, the first time I was here and the, what I definitely noticed right away is with, and, and it was here with a writer and it was, we were writing a, a story yep. and it was back when Uncapped had a magazine and I used to take someone who really didn't drink much. Right. I would order a flight of beer, make them drink it and write about it. Yep. Um, and we ordered, I ordered a flight of IPAs mm-hmm. and, you know, most breweries, when you go to that, I won't even say most, a lot, mm-hmm. well, every IPA tastes almost the same. Yeah. Like you, you would be hard pressed yeah. to mix the, right. the, the glasses up and then be able to tell which one was which. Right. But every single one of your beers was uniquely different from one another. Appreciate it's that. not like the cliche of yeah. like just mixing up the hops a little bit and slapping a different name on it exactly so, so you have you definitely have a tap list that's heavy yes. on ipas and lagers mm-hmm. but they actually taste different from one another they do thank you for noticing because i've definitely been places where yeah. you you order a flight and it's like it's just the same here yeah. over and over I, again. I think it also comes down to just the simplicity of the way it's supposed to be so you know we if we if we rarely use more than two hops in an ipa you're actually drinking one that is has three hops yeah. in it but um and our base and our grist is usually pretty simple too so it's it's easier to to do that and have different profiles yeah, we so change the water up too with it so so where you, if you make a change it's it's more drastic than if you had a huge blend and you're but by percentage you're making a much smaller difference yeah. to yeah. it yeah that probably does that make it though harder in the aspect of like there's only so many hops we can use and so many grains we can use yes it does um we've done like diff- 270 different ipa since we opened so there's some hops out there you just don't want to use on an ipa and there's really only a handful of ones that kind of shine by themselves or have can be paired up with something so that's why we've gone to more of a the ones we'd like we do a couple times a year what uh what is your favorite hop to work with uh nelson or citra okay yeah i love almost anything with simcoe in it yep always have and i love that there are more and more yeah beers being made with it again oh like yeah it, it seemed to have like gone away for a little while mm-hmm. but has a real strong resurgence of yeah. coming back is there is there a reason for that or is it just taste had changed like i didn't know like was there years where the crops weren't there there definitely was um but what i learned when i went out to yakima too is like you can grow in the same farm on a different hill or a different row that in the different time they pick it it's gonna it's gonna be different um and a lot of people that buy through like country mold, YCH, BSG, stuff like that, they're getting blends. They're not, unless they're big enough to pick their own lot, um, which you need 5,000 pounds of that to do, uh, which is definitely not us. So 5,000 pounds. What, what would that look like volume wise? 
Um, like is that like a tractor trailer? No, no, no. no. Or, it's like a pallet or something like that. Okay, worth it still a ton. Oh yeah. It's Whereas it's like so it's most more than a pallet. Most yeah. uh, brewer like uh, craft breweries yeah. are pouring out of bags. <laughs> Not well. I mean, it's all going to come in bags anyway. Yeah. Um, but like, aren't even using a full bag of of a right. of a hop. The smaller ones, yeah. Although you're, I mean. You're actually, though, we, we do. on the yeah, large, we'll, we'll, you're definitely we'll on the larger long, end of uh, yeah. of production size. Yeah. So, so is it just that for a few years, Simcoe hops weren't? It the, seems the like it for the ones good? that we got. Okay. Um, it yeah, they just weren't, and then we started getting some that was good. Um, but we're also at the. Um, mercy of the, of the the spot market a lot because we only contract a couple of hops, um, the ones that we know we're going to use a lot and and want that locked in. But other than that, I mean, I'm I'm emailing Dylan like or Pam. I love Pam. Yeah. Um, Have you like had any of her hot sauce? Not and yet. She's been Dylan, showing me pictures. Dylan and Pam are from Pam are from Hop Havoc. Yep. Who yeah, yeah. Uh, used to be, although now it's Havoc. Didn't they change? Now they got homemade too. I think he just actually emailed me. But they also, uh, I can't remember the full name now. But they do purees, and they're selling. They're they're slowly becoming the one stop shop for uh, all of your brewery needs. Um, Yeah, great people. But they're awesome. Pam's hot sauces are amazing. I've seen pictures. I haven't tried any yet. Yeah, I've tried. I think three different at this point. Nice. I love. Hot sauces are jalapeno flavored, mm-hmm. but not like super, super hot, but give you a lot of the jalapeno flavor. That's what I like. And she did one that's just absolutely perfect. Now she needs to send me some. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, put in, I'll try to put it in a word. I'm going to text her Although I'm guessing done. she likes you way more than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I highly recommend anything she makes with All right. jalapeno. I believe to it. Get. But yeah, they, they are really good at making hot sauce. Nice. Um. So, when uh, when you cu- are developing a new beer, mm-hmm. then how what what's your thought process behind that? Uh, it's changed and evolved over the time since we've done so many different combinations to basically um, what we just feel like making what we have available what we think we can try to pull off um sometimes we're experimenting with different malts um and then how we can focus on that um top down though it's just you know how do we want it to be the experience of it and then break it down from there and and then just build it when you come up with a new beer do you start with a name no and then so you you Design the beer first yes. and then name it yes. on what that inspires. Yep. Okay. Who does um, your label artwork? Uh, his name is Dave Kamadiner. Um, he was back with Dogfish Head a long, long time ago. Okay. Um, and then he worked with a couple other little breweries, but he actually has a like a full-time like big boy job. He's a director <laughs> of art and stuff for uh, like a big tech company. Okay. Uh, but he so he does this part time, and he actually worked for Free Force for like three years. Um, I I met him prior to opening, and he's like, just let me do stuff for you. And so 
we did, but as soon as we had money to, we start we put him on the payroll, and now he just he does our shirts, our posters, our can arts, and things like that. I love that. It, like simple is simplistic isn't the right term. It's more like clean. Yeah, the clean label design, and then also how like that you had pointed out to me because I'm not mm-hmm. observant enough. But sometimes there's like hidden. Yes. It, like it, I think it was the Prince one yeah. that w- like you specifically pointed out where like there's a silhouette of Prince yeah. on the label that wasn't like if didn't yeah. jump out and slap right. you in the face. Yeah, you need but to if like you take were, it off and look back like yeah. five feet and be like, hey. So I love that mm-hmm. how he takes that approach yeah. to the label design. And there, he, you can tell he's definitely like a product design type person because right. – you look at a can, you know it's an ocelot yes. can. Oh, he's so. really good at that at branding too. So he like he didn't come up with our original logo, but he came up with the other one that's uh, just the head of the cat kind of thing. Okay. Um, and his idea was like this: your logo should be able to be super small and super big and still be readable and know what it is. You know, like you see a dogfish head logo, you always yeah. know what that is. You know what I mean? And that can be small or larger or anything. It's not relying on, on the writing and having to to read it and, and things like that. Um, no, he's he's really good at branding. Yeah, I mean, it's, you, you see an Ocelot can. It's, yeah. that is a, that's an Ocelot beer. Yeah. You, like, you don't have to read. You know what it is. Do you, have you gotten into the uh, fruit silliness at all? We've and done, I, we I say that with love because no, I, I do plenty of. Um, I mean, I brought you on. Yeah, <laughs> we we we've done it. We've done a few. We'll do like two of those a year. Okay. Um, it's not really our thing. We're not known for it either. So even if it comes out really good, the people that really do like it and like hoard to it, they're not going to come here for it. Uh, so it doesn't it it doesn't do super well for us. Uh, everybody likes it. It just doesn't do super well. Yeah. And, it's kind of a pain in the ass and it's expensive as shit. So, yeah. and that's what I was going to like it. I, that was, uh, you, you had answered what I was going to ask too was like, does it even help you to do that? Because like, no. it feels like one of those things, like if you're not, if you're not a brewery that's known for right. that, like your normal clientele probably aren't no. ordering that. Correct. And then to grab the attention yeah. of people who are st- seeking those types of yeah. beer like doing it just a couple times isn't going to move the needle nope. like if you right. did it on a regular basis one of the things that we try to go by is if you don't want to drink more than one of the beer like at a sitting we don't want to make it because there's there's stuff out there it's like here's a pina colada something or other and like you get a small sample of it yeah. and you take like you smell it, you're like wow cool and you drink a little bit of it you're like all right yeah they did it you want another one like no <laughs> That's not yeah. the way I like to. I mean, it's fine. It's good, good, good that people do yeah, it. Yeah. Good that people like it. But people don't sit down and drink a lot of those over and over again. And I mean, there may be people who do, but they probably also have severe intestinal issues that they're dealing <laughs> with. <laughs> I'll. Um, I often will photograph things and batch it. Like I'll mm-hmm. take a bunch of beers to photograph at one time. And there have definitely been times where I've sampled too much of yeah. fruited ones and then like completely regretted that oh, afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of sugar. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's heavy. It's yeah. really heavy. Um, and it fills you up. But I mean, it's fun every once in a while. But 
I mean, it, to me, that that that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That like they're just fun yeah. sometimes. Like the like the fact that like getting something and trying it and it tastes exactly what it says it is yeah. and what it says it is is like some ridiculous thing you're not expecting to pour out of a can of beer exactly. is is just it's fun and silly and very few people do it properly anyway so yes there are a lot of people not doing it right right um so people should not look forward to that you becoming a juice brewer no um <laughs> like i said we'll do it a couple times a year usually sours you know that are yeah. um, fruited sours but yeah not often then so you had mentioned earlier um barrels mm-hmm. but so you do a decent amount of barrel aging stouts right um or is, i wouldn't say decent amount but we, we usually have two that come out per year okay yeah do you um is it, are they typically just like normal barrel aged stouts or are you stouts getting barley into- wines we heavies um we do adjunct them every once in a while we got one coming out next week it's a, a coffee a nice um, a I coffee, love a good coffee stout. stout yep um but there, again there's only so many different adjuncts you can work with with a stout before it becomes just novelty stuff you yeah. know I don't mind if there's vanilla in there I don't mind if there's even once in a while some coconut or something or you know coffee but after that, it's like, what the hell are you putting in it? That's going to be like drinkable. If you that makes you want more than one, basically, that's my line. So the way I've been looking at pastry stouts and fruited sours lately, because I've since last year, I've decided I really needed to start being healthier and yeah. not eat junk food and desserts and stuff. I've convinced myself it's okay if I drink one of those as a dessert instead of having like chocolate ice cream. Yeah. Instead of chocolate (laughs) ice cream, I'll have a uh, pastry stout. Oh man. The the funniest times was like when you go to barrel age day down at cycle and it's freaking hot out and everyone's drinking (laughs) these 13% like, like just so much sugar left in these pastry stouts. And this is one after the other, after the other. It's like something's weird. Why do people in Florida love the big pastry stouts? <laughs> and I'm from Florida, so it's like, what the hell? Um, but uh, good guys, I'm not. I'm not knocking them. It's just there's only so much I can drink. I guess maybe when when you live in that environment, you get more used to it. Definitely, because yeah. to me, Florida is just hell. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> the idea of Florida outside Ooh, of. Right winter yeah. in air quotes for them right. is just a, a horrible idea. I remember growing up down in like the Fort Lauderdale area. Like there's I remember I used to wear jeans and black t-shirts, you know, the long hair and went to Slayer concerts and stuff. So <laughs> jeans and black t-shirts in the middle of summer, but basically you're going from air conditioner to air conditioner, but you do get acclimated to it. I went to New Orleans last summer and I was fully prepared to be miserable. Yeah. the whole time because we went humidity in, at the end of july yeah and we got lucky and it was like the one week of the year where it was in the 70s nice. and there was hardly any <laughs> there was hardly any humidity that's awesome because the the only other time i'd ever been to louisiana it was the end of october yeah and it was for a job interview right out of college i got off the plane and started sweating yep. instantly i was like i'm not taking this job nope <laughs> there's no way i can live here dude that's me man i sweat I mean, I'll just walk up the stairs to the office and I'll be like starting to sweat. <laughs> I got like portable fans I bring with me. 
Well, and then they it was it was for a job uh, for an oil drilling company oh, where no. I would have spent a bunch of time on an oil rig. And that might starting, have not been bad. No, it's, then you'd have breeze and stuff no, like that. No, there's not. It's oh, worse. No. Oh shit! Because you're in the middle of the ocean yeah. on a big hunk of steel oh. that they said was routinely over a hundred degrees and. Always 100% humidity. Dude, you would have died. Yeah, I would have. Like, I, I, <laughs> I would have. <laughs> they, I mean, it, did, it didn't take long uh, into that trip for me to know 100% that was not the job <laughs> not for me. <laughs> so I, uh, I I moved. The furthest south I was willing to go from Pittsburgh was Maryland. There you go. <laughs> Which now is still just a humid, awful yeah. mess during summer, too. Pittsburgh's a cool town, though. <clears throat> It was not when I moved from it. Yeah, when was um, that? Two thousand one. Okay. Actually, I would, I would say that may have been like around that time was probably Pittsburgh's low point, or All maybe right. even a little bit before then. Like it was like the city, the city either fa- like went bankrupt or was like on the verge of going bankrupt. Yeah. But I remember when I was driving <clears throat> the moving truck down to Maryland, there were radio ads trying to convince people not to move out of pittsburgh <laughs> pittsburgh is cool yeah Come back. and it, i mean it was only like maybe five years ago that it had been the first time in decades that pittsburgh didn't have a declining population wow that's surprising because i was in uh, morgantown for four years so we used to go up to pittsburgh a lot i loved the city i thought it was cool Oh, I mean, I I yeah. love Pittsburgh. If I didn't, I mean, I absolutely love Frederick. If if yeah. my wife and I didn't weren't so established in Frederick, we'd probably because she's also from the Pittsburgh yeah. area, we'd probably move back. But at this point, like yeah. I'm fully a Maryland. Jack, Jack's from Pittsburgh. I had bro. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, but now it's an amazing city. There's yeah. so much to do. There's amazing beer up there. There is. There's very good beer. Good food. Yes, it has yeah. definitely become it's got a, its own unique personality and character i like it and it's it's held on to that mm-hmm. despite how much it has also changed right i mean because it's gone completely from a blue collar industry driven to finance medical yeah. like all solidly white collar job driven area right but still kind of has maintained the same identity yeah it's pretty nice not sure how, but I mean, still, but and it's just, it's it's just a much nicer area now. Yeah. So much more to do. Like it's way cleaner. <laughs> Doesn't smell quite as bad. <laughs> Steel City. Um. So what did, what were you doing in Morgantown? Uh, I went to school at WVU. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like Pittsburgh South. Yeah, forty-five minutes away. <laughs> yeah. So. That's where we flew out of and went to the concerts, and I saw Fish for the first time in Pittsburgh, and saw the Grateful Dead, the one and only time with Jerry, and then I was going to say like we a month were, later, and, and that was the first show after they had been banned from Pittsburgh for. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a long time. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what ha- I don't remember what happened, but something happened when the dead played in Pittsburgh and they were banned from being able to play there again. And that show was right. the first one where they were, they were and allowed then, to and return. the last. Yeah. Well, the last in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I went to Pitt. 
Um, uh, we're done. <laughs> Thanks for coming by, Chris. I, See well, you later. I only I didn't graduate from Pitt. I only went for one year. Yeah. Uh, but I went there. You realize it sucked, and you wanted yeah. to be in WVU, right? But I did. Um, Just agree with me. I, I will agree. All right. But I do remember <laughs> around the time when I went there, there was a sports announcer that had gotten fired mm-hmm. during a. Hits. Yes, WV, I remember. Where it was like you left your tractor lights on or something yeah, like that. Like license, the announcer at this, yeah, license plates, E I E I O. I remember that. Yeah. Attention, WVU fans, you left your tractor lights on. Yeah. Yeah, he got fired for that. Yeah. That was pretty was, funny, though. It was pretty yeah. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Like, do they even. Pl- they're not even rivals at it. Yeah, it sucks, well, man. even even when I went there, yeah. they, there were weren't yeah. they barely pl- ever played yeah. each other. Yeah. weren't rivals, yeah. but they're like there was there was a rivalry without yeah. there being a rivalry. Yeah. The Big East kind of fell apart, and we no longer played Tech, which was a great rivalry. We no longer played Pitt, which was that's one rivalry. that they they should have tried to keep going. I think they're going to try to to bring it back because I know now we're playing Tech again every year, um, you know, out of conference, but. It's not the same. Like when it's not conference and yeah. stuff, it's like, uh, and they're usually early in the season instead of late, you know. Yeah, I mean, because it's two two schools, very close proximity to Absolutely. each other, fairly equal playing field yeah. of yeah. like who they're able to recruit yeah, and everything. Exactly. So it's, yeah. it, I mean, it is the perfect rivalry. It, it is. Yeah, Plenty of jokes to yep. be thrown from each side of oh, the yeah. <laughs> of the rivalry. Yeah, and the. There was a funny video, like after uh, Bin Laden got killed, right? Like you know, I was on YouTube watching, and, and one of the titles was like, "People in Morgantown celebrating Bin Laden," you know, whatever. And you see them all on High Street, like all just partying and just yelling, screaming, be like "USA, USA," and that chant turned into "Eat shit pit, eat shit pit." <laughs> like it was, they were all just <laughs> unified. <laughs> I was like, "All right, they pulled that out of nowhere," but. They're, uh, are you familiar with Voodoo Brewing? Oh, yeah. Did you ever see their copyright no. uh, lawsuit thing? Uh-uh. So for the longest time, they had an IPA called Amamata uh, IPA, I think was the name of it. And it was um, the it was a yellow can mm-hmm. with, or maybe that wasn't the original name, but basically it was a yellow can using the pit script. Oh, okay. Where, or maybe it was held... I can't remember, but whatever it was, they it, they used it. They had it for the longest time. It would even get served at right. alumni events because right. he went to Pitt, yeah. and then someone decided that that was infri- like yeah. infringing. So they they changed the name to uh, non copyright infringement uh, IPA <laughs> and like changed the font right, a little right. bit. <laughs> We were lucky. Our, our our artist is also a mountaineer, um, and uh, we were lucky enough to meet some people at WVU that were okay with a couple of things that we did to support, you know. So, um, but we don't try to make money off that or anything. It's just little hidden things here and there, or, or little nods to them. Nice. Yeah. Did, what did you get? Did you go there for computer science or? Uh, well, I actually went for philosophy and psychology. Oh. Yeah, I ended with computer science and then... Once you decided you needed to be employed afterwards? Yeah, well, it just honestly just came... It was easier for me. Okay. I was one of those people just computers were kind of natural. So so I ended with that and then realized their computer science program was very outdated at the time and it wasn't going to do me any good, so... You know why? I left. Because it was... Don't say it. 
<laughs> I um I also started in psychology. Yeah. Um, and then I realized if I ever wanted to get a job, I would be in school forever, yep. and then switch to yep. uh, technology. There you go. <laughs> yep. Where I would not have to be in school for very long right. and yep. get a job right away. Yep. What um what do you have coming up at Ocelot that you're excited about? Let's see. Um. I mean, it's not like we have any parties. We are turning seven in April, but we're not doing anything for it. That's just not our style anymore. Um, anniversary parties are just, uh, I'm glad to be able to go to them, but hosting them, we're a very small crew here, so it's, uh, it's a lot of work. And That's um, what I've been told, that mm-hmm. like it's, it's really fun to hold those types of things, mm-hmm. but it almost becomes like a distraction. Yeah. Where like you have to focus so like there's so much there is a lot to do with yeah. doing that that it becomes yeah. a, almost a distraction. Yeah. I, I I've never been the attention getter, and I don't like to be spotlight. So um, we'll just let that one slide by. And, yeah, we have to do something in three um, years though, like ten. Yeah, so. probably. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I start planning for that one now. Um, but we are we are doing a couple of, of cool things. Um, one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of is we're doing. Um, we just got everything organized. So in April, we're going to release this beer. It's a pale ale called Ripple, named after Grateful Dead song. But um, I got together with the homebrew club that meets here. They've been meeting here for like five years and six years maybe. But we all designed a recipe together, a pale ale. Uh, I ordered all the ingredients, and there's going to be 12 of them that are doing it all individually, and then we're also going to do it here. Oh, that's same really cool. Same ingredients, same everything, same yeast. I, I pulled yeast for all of them and everything. Um so in april we're going to release that beer and then we're going to have uh it'll be a collaboration with the homebrew club so Mm -hmm. you'll see their name up there and then at their meeting here they'll have have everybody come and do it and we'll do like blind tastings for everything just so people can learn hey what different procedures are there i fermented at this temp i did this water you know things of that nature so um different mash temps and just so you can write down what those differences are because all the ingredients are identical yeah recipes identical ingredients are identical so i mean that's a really cool experiment yeah. to show that yeah. there's so much more to what 100 percent. because there's been so many times like yeah. where it's been explained to me like a brewery said so, like they don't care yeah. about sharing recipes with people because all, yeah. you could know exactly what went into it's one of your beers yeah. but people aren't going to be able to reproduce it yeah. because of the techniques you've developed yep. over the years, the water chemistry that you use yep. and all those different things. And, I mean, I, and I learned that when I was a homebrewer way before I even tried to open this place, I was uh, brewing at home in the garage and um, I was drinking. So I was feeling a little more open than I normally would. <laughs> and uh, someone was like, oh man, Vinny at Russian River is really cool with homebrewers. You should just email him and see if he'll give you the recipe for Pliny the Younger. And I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll do it. And I emailed him, and like two days later, he wrote me back, and he's like, here it is. Nice. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> right? um, you know, and he was like, hey, we ferment to this temperature, and, you know, this is what we use. And, you know, I wrote him what I thought the recipe might be based off of interviews with yeah. the elder. Um, and he correct. He wrote back, he corrected it, and he said, yeah, this is what we do. And over the years, we've been adding this, and now we're doing a little more of that. And um, so I always thought, like, dude, if somebody like that can give – one of their arguably their 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 brightest biggest beers 
Yeah, their prize, the, the crown jewels. Crown jewel to a homebrewer across the country that he doesn't even know. Yeah. Who the fuck am I to not share my recipes with yeah. anybody else, too? Because it's all about learning, you know? Yeah. Um, so I learned that lesson before. And I swore I'd always be the same. Just I'm an open book, man. I've still, I've never had Pliny the Younger. It's good I mean, stuff. That's what people tell me. Yeah. I need to go to Monk's some year. To there you go. Shit, you probably. It's right about now that it's out. I think that it was just la- just, mass- just yeah, missed it. Yeah, because there was. Um, yeah, it's beginning of February. It gets launched. Yeah, a few people this year they did it like a tasting yeah. type thing where you bought a ticket and they yeah. did a. It was like a meal pairing and stuff, and I think you could order additional pours too. Yeah. Uh, but a, a couple of my friends went up to do that. Yeah. Said it was awesome. But you ready for a beer? Uh, yeah, I am. I think. What do you want? Um, Pilsner. All right. Which one? <laughs> the best one. The best one. The best one. Uh, I don't answer that one, but all right. So this will be just a beer break. Beer break. We'll be right back. Okay. All right. We are back and refueled. Um, are you, um, d- do you attend a lot of festivals throughout the year? I feel like you do, right? Beer festivals? Yeah. Um, at least some of the bigger ones pre-COVID, in the area. Pre-COVID, yeah, um, it's been dwindling down a little bit for for them. They've they've become um, who can outdo who basically. Um, it depends. And usually, if I'll go to a festival, if it's going to be, I'm going to see a friend or or something, yeah. and go hang out with them and, and pour some beer. Um, because honestly, we're so small and we don't have any desire to be bigger. This beer is phenomenal, by the way. Thank you, sir. You can thank Adam, too, from Charlestown Fermentor. He's part of that. And Jack, obviously. But um, it it doesn't really help us to travel to California and and pour beer because we're not trying to sell beer out there. You know, and even if we could sell, it'd be like so small amount. You know, kind of what's the point? But it is nice to go and hang out with friends. And that's what a lot of these festivals are, are kind of about for the brewers, at least, you know? Yeah. Um. So I just try to go hang out with friends. That's makes sense. Yeah, that's it. But you you do like Snally? And oh hell yeah! All the I've never been the Snally guy. Snally's the best one in the country, like uh, bar none. I need just to, just I, totally I should probably fix for, that this year and go. I mean, for for multiple reasons, it is. It's uh, I mean, number one, Greg Angert. He uh, he's he's connected in the beer industry so well, and he's such an awesome person. He procures the best stuff. Um, because he knows everybody, and he also knows good beer. And the other thing is, it's uh, DC has is the Wild West of of you don't need paperwork, you don't yeah, need you distribution. Just do whatever you want, just do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> you know, you can drive a truck around the entire country, a U-Haul truck, and just pick up kegs from different breweries and go back to DC and pour it. Uh, you know, you pay your DC tax, which yeah. is like five bucks or something like that. For it, but that's it. Uh, so people it, don't have to go through the paperwork. It's kind of crazy that of all places, that's what it's where yeah. it's like that. Yeah. And I wonder if it's like it's just it's not a big enough deal that anyone has cared to try to stop it. Or it's what? a good question. I, I I don't know. Yeah, but Virginia's franchise. So if I try to get a friend from somewhere else in the country to come in that doesn't distribute in Virginia, they need to sign a distribution agreement. And in Virginia, that's a franchise law. So yeah. they're pretty much locked in unless the distributor is kind enough to give them a 30-day release clause, which they don't really have to act on if they don't want to anyway. Yeah. 
uh, and that's gone south a few times. So breweries have been shying away from from that. Yeah, and I I imagine Maryland probably isn't all that much better. I'm not sure um, how that one goes. Although I guess when Garrett you have, yeah, I'm gonna have to ask about that because yeah. but the, there aren't many. Well, RAR's been doing it for a while with Dank Day. Right. Um, and then Kushwa did theirs were stuff from all over the world, so I'm not sure. But we went we went up we were able to pour legally at Kushwa because we already have the Maryland Yeah, I was gonna say like, you, you were already had it already in had place it, yeah. to and maybe that's just what it is because even if you're out of state you can still self distribute in Maryland. Correct, yeah. yeah, so that's probably if how you do the nine hundred pages of paperwork yeah. <laughs> that poor Arash had to help me through. <laughs> Which thankfully he he did he, he helped you because <laughs> uh, now I also reap the benefits of being yeah. able to just drive two miles was, to get some ocelot beer. Instead if it of, wasn't for him, we'd, we'd probably not be in Maryland. <laughs> I'm seriously, it's just yeah. that's. I mean, I've yeah. definitely heard that yeah. from because there's so many breweries that distribute beer in. Pennsylvania, yep. and they distribute in Virginia, right. and they skip over. Like, Maryland. Yeah, like yeah. I guess you look at what you have to do in Maryland. Like, yeah, yeah, that's not worth it. This big folder worth, and like some of the pages, I'm like, really, this one too? Like, what the? And why do you need to know this? Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, if there's, yeah, if there's one thing about Maryland, we they definitely love to regulate and tax anything they possibly can. I remember there was um, like a meme. It was every state and what their the state motto should be. In <laughs> in Maryland's was if you can dream it, we can tax it. Oh, shit. <laughs> and it's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> so am I? Am I remembering correctly? You have you noticing that you have way more pinball machines in here now than you did. They were a couple years ago. So we have. Um, my friend Chris uh, and a couple of his friends, they, they own all of these. So he pays me rent to be to have in here. Not much rent because it's mutually beneficial. He gets people to come in and yeah. they drink more beer. Um, but he rotates a lot. He's always on the top end of the spectrum of, of whatever's newest and, and best. And they, he, he's in here. Him or part of his or one of his guys is in here every other day at least um, maintaining the machines. Oh, nice. You know, waxing down the the glass and you know getting everything oiled up and just uh there it's pretty awesome i mean so the, is it a business that they do that at a bunch of places or they have they, three locations okay. I, I believe maybe three or four but this is i think their their biggest one i mean with, this is short just shy of an arcade yeah <laughs> so if you get the itch to play pinball game yeah. machines while drinking delicious beer, Ocelot is probably your number one place to go. And they're not like old. Yeah. They're not old decrepit ones. No, they're all. We, like, there's a little mix. So there, there's some old ones that are like, you know, just nostalgia kind of machines. Yeah, the, the the Super Mario um, Brother ones yeah, in the corner over there. Yeah, and the whirlwind. That's big Lebowski. There. Well, the big Lebowski apparently, and I don't know, pinball guys might know this, but the big Lebowski, apparently there's only a certain amount of them in the country. Oh. And that thing's like really expensive. Um, he just put that in, but then we just got the Rush one in, right there, the Mandalorian, um, Pirates of the Caribbean. I, he's always like moving stuff in and out and, mm -hmm. and getting new ones. So, are you a big pinball? Hell no, player? I suck at it, dude. <laughs> like, I like I, it, I but I'm not terrible. Good I'm like, 
I'm terrible at pinball. I have impressively bad reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> I think my reflexes are fine, but my reflexes make the ball go right down the middle every time. So I don't know. There's, there's definitely, uh, there's something about my mental and physical yeah. makeup that does not, <laughs> does not translate to being good at pinball. I'll stick to computers. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to computers and talking into a microphone. There you go. <laughs> I can handle those two things. Pinball, no, not so much. Right. Is that a like, is that a decent draw for here? Like, is that it can be? Um, not all the time, but it can be. Uh, they do league night every Monday, so um, every Monday at seven, there's a good amount of people that come in. They do tournaments every once in a while that bring some people into. That's um, so nice they, overflow space too. How does that work? Is that like they pick a game and that like there's a tournament based on that one machine or the tournament wise? Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, he could answer that, and I'll, I'll sound stupid if I try yeah. to guess. The league play is a series of different weeks, and you're in groups, and you play three machines that night, and you get scores. Okay, on those three machines. And then the next week you play three other machines kind of thing and everybody rotates and then you get your, your totals, I guess. So one of the most taboo issues in craft beer nowadays, do you allow kids in here? Yeah, we do. Um, excuse me. The, we can't not. We, yeah, live, I mean, we live right around the suburbs. Um, yeah. If we didn't allow kids. Loudoun County would, is solidly yeah. a young family. We would, we would lose yeah. most of our. I would prob- you know, people, probably but, 90% of um, <laughs> the people here. But I also try to not make it so kid attractive, if you will. Mm. You know, pin, pinballs aren't really. Little kids don't kind yeah, of, it's you not know, a, go towards it. Um it was just what made me think of it is yeah. I went to Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah. Uh, when did we go? Recently. It was in December. Uh, and it was the first time my one daughter ever played a pinball machine, and she loved it. But at Great Wolf Lodge, pinball machines are ridiculously expensive to play, so we did not play that much. They are expensive. Yeah, some of these actually are pretty expensive to play, too. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at the price of a machine, you can see quickly why it's expensive to play them. Yeah, some of them go to, like, $10,000 or something yeah, like that. It's insane. Yeah. I wonder, like, I wonder what drives that. It can't be, like, the technology of them. It's got to be the licensing of whatever the the theme of the pinball machine is. I, 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 I don't know. I could speculate, but I'd probably be wrong. It doesn't matter. I've once been told. I was once told that um, it was it was nice how willing I am to be wrong about stuff whenever I'm interviewing people. Worse, it was, I can't remember the exact phrase, but <laughs> it's always good to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Although you do have the classic Pat Pac Man and Galaga. Yeah, he, he tried to take that away once upon a time, and everyone bitched, so he brought it back. <laughs> Um, or the, oh no, that's Mrs. Pac-Man. Yeah, I think so. Nice. I um, I was never really super big in the Pac-Man. Not me either. I mean, it was definitely that's that's in my generation, but I never Not in play it never got into it. I've always sucked at video games, though. So that's probably why. <laughs> I mean, it, I could play Pokemon Go. That's there you about go. the most difficult game no I can handle. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. No reflexes no at reflexes. all required. Right. <laughs> Love it. 
Um, do you have one beer that is your absolute favorite that your go-to that Ocelot makes? Uh, trick question, because we rotate so much. Um, but you, you have a decent amount of regular, like, or not regulars, but... Not really. I mean, Sunnyside is uh, something we usually keep on tap. Sunnyside and the outside is usually something we keep on tap all the time, but I obviously love those. Um, after that, they're all rotating, so um, it's usually my favorites are... Like right now, it's Wilson, fish song as well. Also, yeah. the name of my dog, and the label is my dog actually. <laughs> um, nice, but yeah, it's fish song, which he was named after the fish song too. Um, that is my dog's butt on um, the. If you spin the Sands Jams can, because uh, one of the times the owner, <laughs> I see it now. Yeah, one of the times um, Dan, yeah. the other gentleman on that can, one of the times he came to my house, yeah. he uh, held the door open and my dog took off. Nice, and it took about a half hour to get her to come back into the house. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a little Easter egg added to the I like to it. the label. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, right now Wilson. I mean, my staff knows me, and it's like I'll if if a beer comes out that I am into, like I really like. That's pretty much all they pour me until then. My next favorite comes out, so it changes biweekly what I drink. I um, which is why I did the model I do. One of the things I was most impressed about Ocelot is that so many uh, places will talk about it being like a family or yeah. like that the their employees are family and all sure. that stuff. And you, you so often think it's lip service. Right. But the first time I ever met you, yeah. we were sitting there talking and it was towards the end of the day. Yeah. Every single one of your employees came over and gave you a hug before yeah. they left. Yeah. Like it, it was the one time I was like... Wow, if he ever says that this place is like family, it is 100% true. <laughs> I just, I, I, I think, and a lot of the people, that they stay here for, for, for a long time, and I'm grateful for that, um, but it's because not everybody's perfect, man. And, like, I'm not perfect. They're not perfect. It's okay if you fuck up. It's, it's I mean, as long I, mean, as, I do often, as, long every as your day. intentions weren't there and you're not trying to be malicious yeah. about certain things, like, it's... It's fine. Like we, we're not, we're not trying to run a, a corporation, and, and you know, it's a. I mean, look what we do for a living. Yeah. We get people fucked up. Like it's not a life and know, death. Uh, no. Decisions you're making yeah. are. Well, I mean, I guess it can be dangerous. Well, no, brewery, oh, obviously, but, yeah, but but you're not uh, you're not building uh, uh, heart valves, right? <laughs> it's um, you know, I tell people that you know our job isn't to make beer. Our job is to make people happy, and. I try everything so in this middle of this industrial cookie cutter area you walk into this cinder block box but <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. it's an escape yeah. you know get away from your everything and make friends you know and that's pretty much what it, all i ever wanted it to be how um how far out do you plan your production uh literally right now i think we are three months out for most of our tanks okay um we've it, it depends like I, I talked to jack yesterday and we're gonna try to sit down and plan out at least another six months worth soon um but things change so um you know i 
hang out with somebody and it's like, oh, let's fucking do a collab. And it's yeah. like, all right, we'll bump that one off and just, you know, jump in here. So Wait, I guess without without being um, super heavy in this distribution, you, yeah. you're able, you have that flexibility. Correct, to just yeah. you, don't, you don't have someone no. banging at your door saying, where's my palette no. of the sunny side? No. That, the, the tail doesn't wag the dog in this place. Uh, so gonna. is there a beer you have coming up that you're super excited about? that you have planned Ooh, um that's I, I don't know how to answer that like i'm, I'm always excited for the beers yeah. i'm not trying to just you know say that it's uh i mean next week we got the you know we're releasing purple black eye it'll be the second time that's the coffee stout i always love that one um, I don't know. Everything, whatever. It's just beer, <laughs> dude. It's just beer. <laughs> what? Uh, what is one trend in craft beer that you would like to see go away? Hmm. Let me think on that for a second. Um. I don't know. That's uh, other than the usual stuff that's been beaten to death over the last couple of years. Uh, I got I got no issues, man. I just um, I kind of felt like that was going to be your answer. Yeah, I really, like I, you, I really don't. You, you just don't care because if it's something you don't like, you're just not going to do it. Exactly. And, and um, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the people in this industry are awesome, and they're they're brothers, and we're a community, and. Um, but to say, you know, to make that point one go away, uh, you gotta think like that's pretty good percentages anyway. So there's always going to be somebody, but I, I, I often do these as a video, um, but I'm feeling kind of lazy today. So we're just going to record this as audio. But I'm going to ask you a series of just random unbeer related questions. I have nothing to do with Ocelot. They're just hit me. Just it's just some random stupidity. What? Uh, who would win in a fight? A ninja or a pirate? A ninja. You're wrong, but okay. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to a wrong opinion. Are we supposed to explain that answer, or? I mean, you can if you want. I mean, you're wrong, but if you want to explain your thinking, that can. I just don't think there's anything a pirate can do better than a ninja. I mean, you're wrong, but I'll respect that answer. Why? Because, well, I mean, how many how many answers do you want? Two. Okay. Uh, pirates have guns. So uh, pirates are on a boat in the middle. Oh of come the area. on! That's How not is a ninja going to sneak up to on them? They know how to fucking swim, dude. Yeah, but it's, I mean, st- <laughs> they'll climb on that fucking boat and throw and, a ch- throw a fucking star at their head. They'll be done. <laughs> they won't, the pirate won't even see them coming. And, and the best answer that I've been given was yesterday from uh, Paul from Martalis. His response, he oh. correctly answered and said it would be a pirate. <laughs> and it was because pirates have lived a much harder life that they've they've experienced things and can mm, handle it more. Yeah, but that doesn't matter when you get down to the fight. I know the gun does. Not if you can't hit it. 
And if they miss once, how long is it going to take them to reload that fucking gun? Agree to disagree. How long is it going to take them to reload that gun? Tell me. Well, I mean, they're modern guns. Oh, now there's modern guns. So you can't have a gun then if it's modern times? No. They have a code of ethics or rules. Uh, or. I think we're falling apart over there, buddy. I'm sticking to my guns. All right, fair enough. What's scarier, aliens or clowns? I'm not scared of either. Okay. I'd say clowns, but I'm not scared of either. I mean, that's a valid answer. I don't find either of them yeah. scary, but it's there was just those are two things that people seem to have irrational fears of. Sure. Like my wife yeah. scared to death of aliens. If you really? show her like a a picture of like the stereotype picture of a gray, yeah. she wants nothing to do with that image. What is the scariest movie you've ever watched? Ooh, scary how? Scary uncomfortable scary or scary like, uh, like just, I mean, I don't, Whichever. I, don't I don't get the kind of like scared, like, oh my God, something's going to happen to me kind of thing. <laughs> but like, I get uncomfortable watching something and like, you know, when, uh, Emily Rose first came out, that fucking made me really uncomfortable, dude. Like, I ain't going to lie. Yeah, that's a, I, mean, that's I, a, I don't believe in any of that stuff or anything yeah. like that, but it was just like when it came out, like I wasn't scared of demons and shit, yeah. but it was just like, she was like walking around like crabs it's, and it's shit. It's the combination like, of the, the way it's shot and the, the audio. And yeah. It was, yeah. When you play Monopoly, which piece do you choose? The shoe. The shoe. Yeah. I think you're the first answer for the shoe. Mm-hmm. What is the worst concert you've ever attended? Whoa. You got to give me a second for that one. Um, wow. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't have an answer for that. Which um, is valid. I mean, I've only been the one that was awful. Which one was that? The Rolling Rock Town Fair. Yeah. It was uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, headlined it. It had nothing to do with any of the acts. It was yeah. that it was a million degrees. Yeah. It the lo- logistically it was horribly planned. Yeah. And they had put out fresh mulch and sprayed it with water, <sighs> which amplified how yeah. bad it smelled. So it was it was more the environment than the concert itself. But, I, but short of that, every yeah. concert I've ever been to was amazing. Yeah, I could tell you a list of best concerts i've been to but not worst yeah name a famous person that you would love to meet dave Grohl. <laughs> i assume that like, our, our off mic conversations yeah. that was going to be the answer yeah and i he's definitely if not my answer definitely in the top five because yeah. like, he just i mean like just seems like someone you want to have a beer with 100 percent. someone you want to hug and take yeah. home to your mom <laughs> you know? like look at my friend <laughs> uh and what brought that up was hot ones so speaking of hot ones yeah. flats or drumsticks flats absolutely correct answer hell yeah uh what do you always have in your refrigerator cheese any particular kind or just the genre nope. a lot of cheese <laughs> you do everything with cheese i mean there's there's few things that cannot be enhanced yeah. with cheese yep who makes the best fast food french fries and defend your answer mcdonald's uh, my dad was an executive for mcdonald's for oh, no 30 way. years and i grew up on mcdonald's and it's not just that 
that part about it, but um, I know so much details about why these French fries are good, and they are. <laughs> just, it's just a fact. Uh, it's just There's a fact. no argument. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no doubt about it. Although Arby's new crinkle cut's pretty good, too. Hmm. Not the Curly's, but the crinkle. No, but the McDonald's French fries, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, Adrian, thank you so much for oh, your time welcome, today. Buddy. That was fast. Um, yeah. Fat. I Actually, it went fast. Yeah. We've actually been talking for quite a while. Right. Cool. <laughs> although Fair we enough. took some breaks that still sure. add to the counter. Um, although I should run. Is there anything uh, anything Ocelot has coming up or going on that we haven't covered that you want to talk about? Nah, you know me. I'm not a advertiser kind of thing. <laughs> There's no glitz or glamour. Yeah, this camera, that camera, yeah. the other camera. <laughs> Tell us what you got going on. Um, nah, nothing, man. Just, uh, you know. Everybody be healthy, be safe, be happy. And Where do people find Ocelot? Uh, and keep up on Ocelot, everything Ocelot? Facebook, Instagram. Um, just come here, I guess. Uh, and it's Ocelot Brewing, right? Correct. Again, yeah. Yep. Yep. So thank you so much. You're it's welcome, always buddy. a pleasure hanging out and talking to you. Thank you for driving down. We're still uh, having another beer before you leave. Yeah, I have nowhere else to go. All right, cool. Uh, don't don't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, and thank you everyone for listening. Appreciate Cheers. It, Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good. <laughs>